TIM Podcasts. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Due to the coronavirus lockdown, the CIM podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CIM podcast. And, you know, um, I was surprised when on my son's Christmas list was a halo light, which allowed him to produce his own TikTok videos with decent illumination. I'd never even heard of a halo light before uh, this December. And it turns out that lots of his friends have also got halo lights and they've become one of the most popular Christmas gifts this year because TikTok. And to try to make some sort of sense of all of this, I'm joined today by Miss Lucy Handley, who many of you will know. Lucy, amazingly, has not been on the CIM podcast before, despite the fact that she is editor-at-large of the CIM member magazine, Catalyst. And we're also joined today by Mr. Kim Slade, who is Head of Skills and Confidence at the Touch Video Academy. Hi, guys. How are you today? Very well, thanks. Good, thanks. Now, TikTok's popularity, Lucy, is it something that's going to endure or is it something that is just there to kill the boredom of lockdown when there's pretty much very little we can do beyond make TikTok videos to be creative? Great question. Um, I think, you know, the lockdown really was the perfect storm for TikTok in a way. I mean, it was growing. Um And then we had this lockdown in March, which is obviously kind of ongoing. And now we're into the third one. And people were bored at home. People turned to their phones. Creators couldn't necessarily create the travel content because they weren't going anywhere. And we all got a bit addicted to TikTok. And I think families were watching it together. You know, group viewing happened. And it is designed to be addictive. So you're kind of like swiping through and if you don't like that video you swipe to the next one if you do you share it you like it you comment on it you look at the that person's um tiktok page and it's it's very very immersive um as to whether it's going to carry on yeah i think it will you know i think as uh certainly for advertisers on the platform as they get used to it i think it's only going to grow um and i think they're going to kind of get more sophisticated in in using it and i definitely think there's a sort of um you know the way that we communicate these days it's about gifts and memes and short form and fun and you know even when you're at work we're all communicating on slack and teams and you don't have to even type out yes or no anymore you just put a thumbs up or thumbs down so it's all this very kind of short sweet um communication that i think is going to carry on do you think marketers are using it to the full advantage at the moment do you think the industry is caught up with this phenomenon not quite so there's definitely sort of an education piece going on, certainly from TikTok. They're very keen to talk to marketers about how to create content. And they're still being asked questions about how do we do this? Can't we just put an Instagram video on TikTok? Can't we just put our 30 second TV out on TikTok? I mean, maybe they're not quite going that far because I think most people realise you can't do that. Kim Slade, do you think actually that Lucy might have a point that people not really got to grips with this yet? Totally. I think that. You know, you could, for the purposes of this conversation, rephrase marketers as adults, <laughs> you know, and and I think that's kind of where it's at the heart of it, really. You know, the, the boom on TikTok 
is was fueled and uh, certainly before lockdown, as you mentioned, you say it was de- definitely it was definitely massive before lockdown. Um, but but it, as we all know, it's a, a much younger audience first off, right? The early adopters were a lot younger, and so then you know adults are trying to figure that out, <laughs> and generally uh, at the moment <laughs> most marketers are adults so it's a lot to do with an age thing I think initially and then obviously when there's something where it, that is getting so much attention then marketers are going to go oh how can we get a slice of that pie essentially and so um, I do think marketers are kind of trying to catch up and trying to follow and understand what is popular and why it's being so popular and I think you know, on the back onto that first part of that question, the popularity of it booming certainly in 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 this country in the U.S. during lockdown um, is, I think, more so than like Instagram and stuff like that. It's much more a platform for that uh, invites contribution and collaboration with some of the trends you know everybody's kind of doing stuff to the same music or doing the same actions or even you know some of the best the most funny videos are those that are the same thing repeated but just with different people's from different people and different points of view everybody's doing the same thing so it allows people to actually contribute and like connect with other people in a way that say Instagram didn't where if you're creating something on Instagram it's very much like from your point of view or from your in your style whereas on on TikTok a lot of the popularity comes from doing things kind of not necessarily with other people physically but doing the same things that other people are doing in your own way so it kind of has that connection piece I think which is why it was that perfect storm as you say loosely to sort of become a bit more popular during this time because people are lacking that connection right you know, the, 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 the story of social media generally, I always think, is a bit like the five stages of grief for people who don't use it. So they start off in the state of denial. And I, I'm speaking here from my own point of view. I thought, this isn't going to last. They then, they then become sort of slightly angry with it. They eventually start bargaining. And eventually, down the line, somewhere at the fifth stage, they come to accept it and even embrace it, you know. Um, and it has been led generationally by teenagers and children and the feeling is that those strange breed of people called adults are catching up, Lucy. It's probably a fair comment, isn't it? It is, but there's a lot of families actually on TikTok. So there's a lot of kind of parents doing fun videos with their kids on, on TikTok. So I think certainly families with kind of teenager children are are kind of getting into it. But yes, I mean, certainly, I guess, from my point of view, when Musical.ly, which is the app that TikTok bought, that became TikTok, um, was was fashionable and was this kind of fad of, oh, my God, people are lip syncing along to videos and millions of people are watching them and there are all these stars. I mean, that just seemed crazy to me. So I was in the denial stage of that grief. Um, but <laughs> now, I mean, certainly um, when, when I wrote about TikTok, and I have to say, you know, I wasn't one of those people who turned to it in the summer, but certainly when I when I was going to write about it, I, I watched an awful lot of TikTok videos. So as an adult, um, I, uh, I, I, I'm definitely kind of catching up myself. Um, but more broadly, yeah, I mean, TikTok, again, they're very keen to kind of push the fact that it's not just young people who are on it and who are watching it. I mean, I think maybe, and Kim, you'll, you'll, you'll probably know more here, but it feels like, yeah, that the creators on TikTok are younger, but maybe the viewers are a broader age spectrum people with specific niches um are becoming more popular and a lot of those people can totally can be adults doesn't matter what age 
I think I was more sort of referring, I guess, to the sort of early adopters and and that sort of generalization of like, okay, there's loads of people on TikTok now. What do we do about this? And like like you say, Ben, there are those sort of five stages, as you mentioned. Um, And it's, I think that comes from uh, like a human sort of element of if you are a marketer or you are somebody who's running a small business, you go, oh, another thing I have to figure out. You know, it's like, oh, there's another thing. There's another social media platform I have to figure out. And it seems like more are added faster than those that are dropping away. So yeah. there are more than more platforms to consider. And um, and it's, trying, it's for people to try and work out, have I got a genuine, can I genuinely contribute to this? Is this a place where I can actually bring value? Um, or is it something that I can just, okay, I don't need to focus on that because I've got all these other platforms that actually are much more uh much more suited to what i do in the commercial world in the business world who is getting it right you know we we know that teenagers are getting it right we know that children are getting it right and to some degree we know that families are getting it right but in the business world who is getting it right do you think kim i think those who are um who are actually just letting the the people who are already getting it right get on with it for them necessarily without trying to go like you mentioned earlier lucy saying oh can we just put our advert on there and it's like yeah that's probably not going to work um and what's much more authentic and much more powerful is actually doing what works already which is is giving some autonomy to to those people who are already creating so i think those brands who who sort of embrace that and don't try and do their thing and squeeze it into the platform um will be the ones who who do best on it Gucci is a great example, I think, of a brand that's doing really well on the platform. So on their their own account, they do really funny, fun stuff. And I mean, Gucci is kind of an edgy fashion brand now. Yes, they have beautifully produced ads and photo shoots and all of that. But on TikTok, you know, in the summer, they did this lipstick campaign for one of their particular reds. And the first shot you saw was someone putting the lipstick on and it all looked beautiful. And then the second shot was them doing it again, I think. And then the third one was they smiled and they'd got lipstick on their teeth or all over their face. And, you know, even a year or two ago, a lipstick ad would never have lipstick on your teeth. That's like rule number one of a lipstick ad. It's like the most beautiful ad you've ever seen. So I think they've managed to use their platform to their advantage. And they also did a really funny kind of model challenge where they had a voiceover and you had to dress up like a Gucci model. So you put on a polo neck and then you put on a V-neck and then you put on a jacket and then you put on a skirt and then you're then you're kind of a Gucci model. And I think that was really funny because the, the voiceover might have said, you now put on a blue skirt, but the person actually put on a red skirt. I think Gucci has got their handle right, like their, their actual um, TikTok um account right the content they put on so i think they're doing really well it's interesting isn't it kim that you know lucy's point that you would never get a situation where a, a lipstick model would end up with red lipstick on her teeth normally um and the idea that you know someone would tell her to put on a, a blue skirt and she actually puts on a red skirt and yet somehow it works seems absolutely bizarre but somehow it does work and that's what's a little bit different, isn't it, about TikTok, is that it does give a niche for a bit of messiness uh, and something a bit unusual. Definitely. And it's 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 the combination of authenticity and surprise. So like authenticity, people are just hungry for authenticity. You know, like what I'm I'm teaching people at the moment who are 
um, helping them build personal brands rather than them like personal brands within larger brands, right? So um, because people want to see re- reality and real people, people have always loved that. And I think that, again, potentially fueled by, you know, like we're, like we're doing now you know there could potentially be we're we're, potentially be kids running around in the background you know i remember only it was only like a year and a half ago it made it was like a big news story that like someone was on the news and a kid running and then someone running after them and got the kid out it was like so hilarious and this amazing thing that happened just because there was a glimpse into real authentic life and now it's like every single day almost every call there's an interruption by something because we're kind of at home and, and but it's it's that i think this whole thing if there's a positive to come out of we're we going into the, the covid conversation don't want to go there too much but you know there's a positive to come out it's it come out of it it's like people have allowed that guard to be let down and that's okay because i think people are hungry for that authenticity and a bit of a laugh and and for everything not to be perfect so i think that really plays into to the way TikTok, uh, to what's popular on TikTok too. You know, people are just like you say with with Gucci. They're they're doing things that wouldn't normally be seen on their Instagram feed or anything like that. They're allowed to do it on TikTok because it's just a glimpse into a bit more of a, a relaxed atmosphere. And I think that's a, one of the reasons why it's popular too. Now Lucy Handley, how are the competition dealing with it? Is there anything that can hold a torch to TikTok in terms of managing to channel this stuff that Kim's just been talking about? So Instagram Reels is probably the only kind of big competitor to TikTok. Um, They're shorter, they're 15 or 30 seconds, whereas TikTok can be up to 60 seconds. Um, Instagram Reels doesn't have ads yet within it. Um, And I think, you know, they are also refining the product. So Instagram also has photos, as we know. So it has the grid, it has IGTV, it has live. Uh, it has Instagram stories and it has reels. So it has a lot of products, which I think it's still kind of trying to mesh together. I mean, the two are very different because we're all very used to Instagram. It's 10 years old. Um, it's very established. It's very established for marketers. Um, so I think that TikTok is different. And I think the Instagram reels kind of copycat product isn't really there yet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I think the main thing that is, I think the thing that uh, that they've really copied and the thing that people have got hold of from a creator's point of view, from a creative point of view and a, and a filmmaker's point of view, um, especially for, for people who've got no experience making films. I'm going to get a little bit geeky now on you, but they bring back this kind of idea of in-camera editing, right? So in-camera editing is what people used to do when it was really difficult to actually chop up physically chop up um film and stick it together and that would be a really long laborious process so what they would try and do is they would try and hit record at the exact moment they wanted to start the clip and press stop at the exact moment they wanted to end the clip rather than then going back and fixing it in post or whatever and what that allowed back in in the olden days was that they could make films and it'd be quite efficient because they didn't need to have to go in and chop it all up and actually where they bring that back in with the mechanic of just holding whilst you record um, or just creating little pieces, the mechanic of how you actually make a video on both um, on TikTok and Reels is is that kind of in-camera editing. And what it makes, it, it, it basically enables people to create a video that has multiple clips and not have to actually go and edit it which is the hardest thing and the, the the most laborious thing for most people when it comes to filmmaking. So the thing that, that, that um, Reels has done is allowed 
that and it was already they could already do that on stories to a certain element but they've given more tools to it so it's that in-camera editing which is why i think the popularity of so many it's it's enabling so many more creators because people don't now have to figure out how to use camera and editing software they can just hold record record a little bit and even the features like ghosting where you've got the where you've got the old you can see the end of the last clip in a faded sort of point of view you can see the end of the last clip over the image that you go to record during the next clip it's very hard to explain without visual but um, essentially it allows you to match up your last clip with the next clip you take which is how people do all these you know change your clothes effects all that kind of stuff so it's it's really the mechanic that i think that is is enabling more creators and that's the thing that other platforms are starting to copy but you know my whole message of what i do is that anyone could do it just right. helps to have someone guide them in the right way you know isn't it isn't it a lot more about the, the skill is in the creativity and the idea rather than the nuts and bolts of using the tools it's the difference between being an envisaged great building and actually knowing how to use you know a power saw <laughs> actually you know this is a tool that everybody can access but the really good stuff comes from the great creativity and the ideas and the artfulness definitely and if you think about like um you know, you could spend thousands on equipment, right, and get really amazing looking visuals and you could be somewhere awesome and you could take amazing looking footage. But if there's no story, if there's no if there's nothing that grabs the human emotion, like whether it's humor or whatever it might be, that like that story is story led. And so you know, like on TikTok where people are getting entertained by you know it's almost some of it's almost joke content there's a setup there's like you know the bit before and then all of a sudden they snap their fingers and they change their clothes and they're dancing silly or whatever it's it because it follows some sort of curve it's not just a beautiful pretty thing that's it it's like actually you have to have a bit more creativity um to to create that curve to create that story whatever and when i say story i'll use that use that loosely it could be a joke it could be you know actual real story but it what it what it does is it allows you to have different parts in one short thing. So there's a setup, there's a reveal, or there's a, you know, there's something unexpected. And it's, 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 it's having the creativity around those stories and, and having that freedom with the simpler tools, which is uh, making people get more creative. And that's what's shining through. Yeah, the fact that it's easy to access could be stereotyped as, as feeding into this um, idea that people's attention spans are reducing and people can't be bothered with stuff that's complicated alongside lucy's great article on this subject in this month's catalyst magazine which goes out to cim members we got a round table and one of the guys who attended is will skugel global director of creative strategy at snap inc snapchat and he actually says that actually this idea about people's attention span falling is a bit of a myth um but actually marketers need to realize that they must do a lot more to capture that attention. And like you were saying, Kim, building stories, uh, making things artful and interesting, polish is perhaps less important, isn't it, Kim, than, than actually being able to tell this visceral story that, that amuses or excites. So there's an area that's been created with smartphone, you know, cameras getting much better. There's this, there's this whole area, whereas before it might have been like, you know, if you envisaged mobile video it would just be someone doing a, a shaky selfie and that's it and then on the other end of the scale is like super polished grand 
video. Whereas now there's this whole area in between that, which makes it accessible for everybody to actually, in most people's pockets, they have a high definition camera that allows that could potentially with the creative creativity applied, allowed them to create content that's actually really high quality but they don't necessarily need it to be high quality if it's led by a story that's actually ca actually captivating. So the barrier to entry is, is a lot lower for people to get into the game of video marketing. Is there any barrier to entry at all, do you think, Kim? Um, confidence. Right, interesting. And that's why, that's why I think with all the training that I've done with people, it boils down to beneath all of the what kit shall I use, what app should I use, how do I what format, what do we say, all of this stuff. Um, the, the, what I think is underneath most of it is the confidence to try. And I think there is no barrier to trying. But obviously for brands, and I think with the larger brands, they feel it's a bit more dangerous to try things because every, as everybody knows, you put the wrong thing out on social media, wrong judgment, there could be a huge backlash. And so there's a, there's a fear um, and the, the lack of confidence in trying new things. And so one thing that I try to tell people is instead of, you know, people have traditionally have brand guidelines, right? And, it, and what I try to say is like, this is what you have to do. These are the guidelines. This is the, the box that you have to put things in. What I try to say is create a new box that is like safe to try rather than you have to do exactly this. So what you create then is things that you definitely don't do. And then it gives a much more space for, 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 for creativity and to, to test things out. And that barrier to do that, you know, technically is a lot lower because we've got the smartphones and the, and, and the kit that's becoming a lot cheaper and stuff like that. Lucy, your, your job it is as a journalist to follow trends and, and, and monitor brands and see how they're performing in the creative space. You've mentioned Gucci uh, as an exemplar of someone that's getting it right. But presumably the fact that you weren't reading off uh, uh, lots of names means that there's probably quite a few that are still stuck in their old ways and are uh, concentrating too much on polish and not enough on exciting and innovation. I guess it's sort of test and learn mentality and you know um, it, it you know maybe there needs to be a bit of a culture change in some brands to go you know it's okay if we try it and fail because you know if we don't try we won't get anywhere um, but I do think that sort of you know when Twitter came along um, corporate teams um, and brand teams were probably a bit scared of it and they can still you know you can still get things dramatically wrong on Twitter and then you know journalists uh, pick up stories from Twitter and then the, the worry is that it goes global um, and I think brands sort of thought that they had to have editorial departments and newsrooms to react quickly and 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 what have you and I think they're sort of getting used to that if you look at the ads on TikTok, that's a sort of different kettle of fish, because like I said, you kind of expect a paid for ad slot to be a bit sort of polished, although they don't always have to be. And there's all sorts of different ad formats on TikTok, like branded hashtag challenges, for example, where you're giving your hashtag challenge to the audience. So it's up to the creators to create stuff and get involved. And that either kind of takes off or it doesn't. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen some examples of larger brands where you know, they might have a sort of very well known, for example, brand character or brand narrative that you might see on TV that does very well and tells a story. But then they put that character on TikTok and they kind of try to go behind the scenes and they just get it completely wrong. It just doesn't feel right. There isn't that element surprise or the story element. Um, and I think the other thing that is 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 good to see is where you've got, yes, you've got that great post, but you might have a 
sequential story so in a few days time you get like the next part of the story or the next part and then people kind of keep keep watching but again that's quite hard to do because some businesses are not really used to doing that I'm not naming any names there but I guess those are the sorts of things that I've I've seen not done so well it does strike me as a bit of a challenge Kim that you know if you're a glossy if you're a glossy luxury brand or whatever and your entire being is about putting out glossy luxury photography and then you suddenly encounter this thing which is about being a bit rough and ready being a bit quirky sticking lipstick on your teeth how do you get those things to align uh, you know with your general brand it doesn't even matter does it even need to align i mean it's it's a good question and a really really hard one to answer and i think if i you know if i could if i could put it in a in a, in a one pager then i would make a lot of money <laughs> you know it's 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 the intangible um i hate to like for want of a better word it's vibes like it's a vibe and i know that like that that word can be like you know i'm not trying to be super hip and cool but it's true you know it's like it's a certain vibe that you get it's like nuances with music or nuances with things it's like you can really go you could have two pieces of content that are very similar but one just captures something uh, over the other and i suppose that's the the thing about going viral is you know brands are trying to make viral videos but if you try and make a viral video then the chances are you're not going to make a viral video what you have to do is kind of tune in to what could potentially go viral you know because you're, you're you're in tune with what people are actually feeling at the time and back to what you said about like the the attention span i think this kind of comes into it is it's it, it's mo it's what mode people are in it's what mindset they're in in that current point of time where they're where they're you know if they're sitting on the bus having a scroll what do they want to see compared to if they're sitting at their desk having a scroll you know it's definitely the modes and i think longer form content is still alive there's still amazing beautifully made films that don't really mention the brand but you just might see the brand in there somewhere they've been funded by the brand but it's a genuine authentic story that that can touch someone or it can can connect with someone Uh, and but then on the short term on the on the short form content it's about you know it's really hard to get that thing right where you're actually capturing the moment or capturing a feeling. It's like there's one video that stands out for me is the guy on the skateboard listening to um, Fleetwood Mac and he's just drinking some orange, drinking a carton of orange juice. And there's no way in the world any brand would have come up with that video. And it went viral and it just like, you know, so many people copied it just because it just had a, just had a certain feeling and a vibe, right? That, in that moment, for whatever reason, captured everybody else. So I think for brands, it's really difficult. But I think when they, when they, if they really try to relate to the to the people, and I suppose it's the same with all marketing, really. It's trying to relate to the people you're talking to, really come out, come at it from their point of view. And if you've got a brand like Gucci, who's then putting lipstick on teeth, you know, like that, that's a great example of safe to try. You know, like they would, that would never be in there, probably in their brand guidelines, never show lipstick on teeth. But then it's kind of like, well, what can we try? You know, that and, and people that they, on TikTok, people get it. They get that that's fine. If they'd have done that elsewhere, it might not have gone down so well because in the mode that people would have been viewing it in, in that moment, they would have been like, well, that doesn't make sense for Gucci. Whereas in the mode which people are watching TikTok, they're looking to be surprised. They're looking to find something new and, and be have some sort of element of, of not shock, but, you know, that surprise element. And if that's what, Gucci have delivered then that's why it's done done well. 
it's been a challenging beginning, as all of these things are, Lucy. But, uh, you know, people are going to get their head around it. A brand's going to get their head around it. Are we going to see better TikTok short form reels marketing in the next 12 months to 18 months, do you think? Yes, I expect so, because, you know, so many people are flocking to TikTok. Uh, Instagram is always tweaking its its product and you know marketers want to be a part of the next big thing and I think you know there will be this these discussions in marketing teams going oh god we haven't gone on TikTok yet we better go on TikTok let's let's go on TikTok so I think yeah there's always that sort of let's just try it and I hope that the next 12 to 18 months will be about kind of refining the content and getting it right and working out kind of what works and what doesn't and what has that vibe that you that you talked about and what's acceptable you know um to talk about another a beauty brand kinship they're kind of a small startup in the US um and their first post on TikTok was someone wrapping up a tube of pimple cream in their hair it wasn't putting the cream on their face it wasn't you know talking about the product benefits it was just doing something random with the product so I think um, the more that people realise it's okay to experiment, and the more confidence they they get, then then yes, hopefully this this the content from the brands will improve. So Kim, final word. I mean, abandon the rules, forget the rules, and just build your confidence. Build your confidence. Um, create some space that allows things to be safe to try, and try to uh, tune in with what the person who's actually going to be viewing it at that moment what what would they want to see if you can do that you're probably going to succeed but we'll see 12 months 18 months we'll see lucy handley kim slade thank you very much indeed for joining us today it's been brilliant thank you thanks ben no really enjoyed it. thanks a lot if you've enjoyed this podcast we've released an exclusive extract from lucy handley's analysis of tiktok's staggering success as featured in january's catalyst magazine read it now at cim.co.uk forward slash exchange See you next time. CIM Podcast.